Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane. And you got a text there from Zach Murphy and Virgil and a couple of yeah, guys. It's our, it's a, bunch of guys on text thread we're talking about aaron Rodgers trying to send tom brady into retirement yeah we're we talking ready. about today we're talking about uh the church we're talking about purity in the church and why it matters and what's it look like to be a part of a church that strives for purity and what do we do if we're in a church that maybe isn't striving for purity yeah we tried to get try to go over the purity and the unity of the church but we get to talking so long and got start diving so deep into the purity that we decided we're gonna do two separate episodes mm-hmm. so today you're gonna hear about the purity and we hope Enjoy the What up, what up? How you doing, man? Welcome. I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Doing all right. It's, uh... Yeah, it's a nice Sunday afternoon. So, how's church? The gathering of the church was good. Um, mm. Yeah, we had a, a good good time. It's been three weeks since we've been there because we were in quarantine for COVID. Um, so it was really just good to be around everyone and together, fellowshipping, um, worshiping. So it was really nice. Nice. Always. Nice. You preached today. Always a good time. I did. Yep, preached today, so that was good. Preached on like went well. First uh, John chapter three, eleven through eighteen. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to sometimes to to judge your own, I don't know your own work in that sense. Did you feel like you said what you wanted to say? I would I would say probably about seventy percent. Um, and for me, like if I if I get eighty five to ninety, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, nice. There's always like there's always more, and so it wasn't you know. I didn't feel like it was an amazing sermon. I didn't feel like it was in the tank either. But yeah, I feel like I we expanded upon the word. I think, um, you know, we're, we're talking about love as a passage about putting love into action. And so I was really trying to focus in that, that these terms, like we are forgetful people. When you forget what love means, the weight of it, um, in verse 16, it says, this is how we know love, that he laid down his life for us. And it's because of that passage, that, that chunk right there, that's what, changes everything about how we love and why we love and reminds us to love uh, because Christ has loved us. So yeah, it was good though. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And Candace led worship, which is nice. And yeah, it was good. Good to Great. be in the house of the Lord. Nice. You're talking about, you're talking about first Sean and love. So we, um, for my second, um, Greek class, we had to translate the whole book of first John, which first John is relatively like in terms of Greek, mm-hmm. It's relatively easy Greek, which is why they had you do it. Um, and so did that, and you just start, started to pick up on some themes. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that my professor said, Professor Rob Plummer, um, he said the three characteristics of a Christian are pretty well explicitly laid out in the book of First John. Mm-hmm. You want to know you're a Christian, here are the three things. Yeah. And it, I always remembered it as L-O-B, lob. Like here's a lob it in quick, there. easy, like yep. lob it in there. This is, you want to know what a Christian looks like? Just lob it in there. It's these three things, love, obedience, and belief. Yeah. Yeah. Christians love one another. They love others. They obey God's commands and they believe on Christ as their Lord and as their savior. No, that's it. And that's a, that's the gift of first John. And there's people who are like, oh, I'm a Christian, but I don't need the church. I'm a Christian. I don't need the scriptures. I'm, I'm a Christian, but I just, you know, you just take them to first John. Like you said, it's a t- it's those three tests. Like, 
uh, we said the moral test, right? So are you behaving as a Christian should behave? The love test or social yep. test? Like, are you loving the Christians, not just people? Are you loving like physical, literal people? Um, yep. And I want to say the love test, the social test, and the doctrine test. Like, are you believing the right things? Like you, yep. and John so simply lays it out right there. Like, is this a reality in your life? Um, yep. So it's good. We're digging it. Yeah. How about That's you? Good stuff. How are you doing? How was uh, the gathering for you? Yeah, gathering was good. We um, you had a week off from preaching. That was yeah, that was really good. That was great. It was a very encouraging week. Good. Um, so praise God for that. But Ben Ben preached, ben. and he did a great job. Yeah, oh, did a great job of he handled the text really well. Um, yeah, it was super super grateful not not only to be able to take a week mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. in terms of preaching, um, but then also to know that the text is going to be handled well. And then this morning, just seeing that affirmed that he preached the main point of the text. Um, he magnified Christ, and he had some some great application points. So very grateful for that dude. Yeah, way to go, Ben. Yeah, that was huge. Tip of the cap um, to him. Tip of the cap, sir. So speaking of the church, I see a book mm. in the back there, and I know what book it is. It's a book on the church, and it's upside down. That one? There, uh, <laughs> right there? Yeah, there it is. Yes, yep. that is... Um, the Church, the Gospel Made Visible by nice. one Dr. Mark Driscoll. Stop <laughs> it. <Denver. laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. That was not Mark Driscoll. Mark Dever. Uh, yeah. made me laugh harder than it should. Um, <laughs> yes. Do you want to explain real quick to listeners? Yeah, why it's upside down. For Patreon. Yeah, oh. exactly. For Patreon and um, Buy Me a Coffee supporters, um, we're going to post the video on there. Mm. So we're recording this Zoom. Yes, and I should have got so long I as it records well. This is my dressing clothes on. You look sharp, man. You look way sharper than I do. Well, our um, Patreon so supporters records, they deserve. They deserve. They deserve. They not deserve the this, best. This Rob, doggone um, it! My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to put that up there. So long as this records well, this is the first time trying that. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you guys can check it out. But for those able to see this, Rick mm. was just pointing at the book. Why don't you explain to everybody why that book's upside down? So when I find heresy in a book, I end up turning it upside down. <laughs> put it, I'm like, no. So I have a, just a system um, for my bookshelves. I, I would not call this a library. Um, that, that feels a little bit um, a, a bad fit. It's just I have a couple bookshelves with some books on them. And I, <laughs> what I don't want is I don't want people to like, you know when you go into someone's house or their like library and you see all these books, and the first question you think is, okay, have they read all these or which ones have they read? And I know people, uh, Rob's not one of these people, I don't think, but they'll go and just buy books to put on a bookshelf to look like they have like a huge library. And I'm like, yeah. that's like the stupidest thing. Like you don't read them. You're literally just trying to impress people with books on a shelf. That's that's it. Yep. Not even like the quality of the books or the kind of books, just books. Anyway, so I have divided my books up. They're kind of loosely categorized um, by section over like commentaries, reference books, um, spiritual formation books, ecclesiology, that kind of thing. And on the one side, I have books that are facing proper direction. Those are books I have read. So books that are facing upside down the other side, those are books I have not read. So people, including myself, can distinguish books I have read versus books I haven't read, books I want to read. So th- there you go, Rob. That's it. Digging it. I'm digging it. I like that a lot. Um, I may incorporate my own system someday. You incorporate a system. Right now, as of right now, Danielle owns the system because hey. our, our, in our small house, all of my books are out in the open. Uh, 
exposed. Uh, it's a bookshelf that everyone sees. It's not like an, in an office or anything like that. And so Danielle's like, look, you can do that. You can have the bookshelves. You can take them up with your books, but I'm going to organize them mm. in a way that make them look good. Gosh darn it. Like, she does ah. a great job and I would just let her keep she doing does. her thing. She, she does do a great job. But anyways, speaking of your book that's upside down, The Church, we are back at it today mm. talking about the church. We've talked about the gathering and the sending of the church. We yes. just talked about how each of our churches have gathered. And now as our gathering time is done, mm-hmm. we now are scattering. Um, and today we're getting into the purity and the unity mm-hmm. of the church. So Rick, when I say purity and unity, why don't you flesh that out a little bit? I say purity, you say unity. Um, yeah, purity. Unity. <laughs> all right. Anyway. <laughs> what do we mean by that? Yeah. So, uh, the I just first of all I think of First Peter one fifteen and it's to the church it says be holy as I am holy so this is the call for all Christians this is a call for the church to seek after holiness we know that Christ is holy and that He is making His people holy Titus one five says that um, we are renewed in the Holy Spirit there's a washing of regeneration He's cleansing us and making us holy set apart from the world. That's what holiness means, set apart from the world and set apart to Christ. So that's hmm. the work that the church, that Christ is doing in and through the church is this holiness set apart from sin. Um, and then this idea of unity, we were doing a membership class just today, yesterday and today, some membership classes. And I was just talking about this out of Ephesians chapter two. We see the picture of um, in Ephesians chapter two, 14 through 15, and there's this dividing wall of hostility that, Christ tears down in the gospel. And verse three of chapter three, he, he called, Paul says, this is a, a mystery. Um, and why, why is Christ doing this? Well, in verse 10, it says, so that the, through the church, the multifaceted wisdom of, of God would be known throughout the world. So, right, so his, it's his desire for the church to not only look like they're nice people and be kind and loving, but to show a unity that can be found nowhere else by tearing down the things that divide us because we're now one in Christ. And so our unity is in Christ, not in our our ethnicity, not in where we grew up, not in what version of the scriptures we read, but our unity is in Christ. But that requires yep. us to believe the same things about Christ. And that's where I think we start to get some some division almost, different denominations, obviously like Eastern Orthodox, Catholic, Protestant, um, so yeah, I don't know if that's what you're looking for, Rob, but that's what you're no, getting. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's helpful. And just as a clarification, when you say different denominations, you're not saying Eastern Orthodox, Catholic, and um, Protestant are necessarily different denominations. More so, in yeah. in that there are different denominations within like Protestantism. Then you've got other things like Roman Catholic and Eastern and, Orthodox. Yeah, and and in, am, I, am I right in saying you that? are correct? I wouldn't call those denominations. Okay. I think. Okay. Thanks for clarifying that. And. Just yeah. so side note, under Eastern Orthodox, there are like 15 different kind of denominations in that, but they're all under the umbrella of Eastern Orthodox. So. Yeah, yeah. Would that be similar to like Protestants with all of our denominations being under the umbrella of Protestant? Yes and no. It would be like in that they all have a, a like kind of a core set of doctrines they believe, and they but they believe they have a patriarch, a living patriarch, okay. but it's not the same as their pope, right? So that it's yeah. not infallible. Um, so yeah, they're 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 uniform in all the things that make them Eastern Orthodox, but they are somewhat different. Um, it's it gets pretty confusing. <laughs> Whereas yeah, a Ro- yeah, Roman Catholic, yeah. it's like top down, so very hierarchical. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So so as we as we keep moving on, I, I'm 
another passage that comes to mind is, is just in Ephesians five. Yep. Um, Christ loved the church and gave himself up, gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, so that he might present to the church or might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. So building off of your your definition around the purity of the church, mm-hmm. um, just that the the church would grow in sanctification, mm-hmm. the process of becoming more and more like Christ. Something that to say that um, you're a follower of Jesus and to not be growing in sanctification, mm-hmm. to not be pursuing holiness, to be pursuing mm-hmm. righteousness, to say that Jesus is your savior, but he's not your Lord, mm-hmm. he's not your master, is incompatible. Yeah. Uh, so just to clarify, to clarify with that, because if you are a member of the body of Christ, then you will continue to grow in purity. It's not to say that you're going to reach perfect purity in this side of glory, but as you continue to understand the gospel, continue to um, embrace Christ, continue to follow Christ, you're going to walk in the ways that he would walk. Yes. And Jesus being perfectly holy, perfectly pure, he walks in righteousness mm-hmm. and so we too will will walk in righteousness yeah. and so um so we, we've been kind of going um through sojourners and strangers mm-hmm. those on the patreon and buy me coffee can see the book i'm holding up um and in this book um allison talks about the purity and the unity of the church and there are a few things that he recommends for growing in purity and these are just personal spiritual disciplines to the uh, top of page 164. So I'm going to read these, and then Rick, you can give a little commentary on them. So personal disciplines of reading, studying, meditating on, and memorizing scripture, prayer, fasting, celebration, confession of sin, silence, simplicity, sacrifice, guidance, study, and on a corporate level, worship, service, submission, giving, baptism, and the Lord's Supper, fellowship, and group prayer. Mm. Yeah. So there's, a, like a, you're saying, a, like a lot of those kind of disciplines or, or rhythms. Um, I think that we, sometimes we think um, we devalue spiritual rhythms. Like, hey, I have Christ to save me, not by works. I'm saved by grace. All very true things. But we, we know that if that's a reality in your life, then there will be a, a, a a sanctification, a growth, and with that will come spiritual disciplines, right? That's what comes with, out of out of discipline comes growth. Um, and I think it, it's important that we should be striving, like we should be reading and studying scriptures, meditating on them, memorizing scripture, prayer, fasting, you know, celebration, like confessions. These should be regular rhythms. And um, and I will be the first to say like, A, they're, they're not always a great rhythm in my own life, but even looking at the church in the West in America, like we do not do it. We don't do a good job of these things. And so it's good for us to remind ourselves, what are the things that kind of anchor us in? Matt Chandler has a, a, a line. I don't know if he came with up with it or someone else did about disciplined delights, right? So these are things we're disciplined in, but they do bring us delight and they do help us to grow and, and to flourish um, as believers and as, you know, the church together. I mean, corporate worship, corporate service, submission, giving, baptism, the Lord's Supper, fellowship. These are these are things that churches to do, to do together. And if you're not in yeah. a church, if you're not committed to a church, it's hard to do those things. And it's important yeah. to remember that Christ, in he when by atoning for the, the church, by dying for it, he has secured it and made it holy, right? So we're, talk, we're talking about sanctification. 
right? The position yeah. of sanctification that before God we stand um, atoned for, right? Christ has imputed His righteous on righteousness onto us, and so think about the passage in First uh, Corinthians one. Paul just begins writing a letter to the church in Corinth, and he says to the church of God at Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called as saints with all those in every place who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours, grant to you in peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So right there, Paul's writing to a church, and if you know about that book, he, he begins to like lay into them about their sin issues and some yeah. doctrinal issues. But he calls them saints. He starts at like, listen, your position before God is you've been redeemed. You've been atoned for. Christ is, has made you holy, and he's going to continue to make you holy. And as we strive in the disciplines uh, of worship, studying scripture, memorizing, and praying, we have to understand and remember that we do that from a position of being forgiven, a position of being mm -hmm. adopted into the family, not a position of we got to work ourselves in. Hey guys, just wanted to break away from the riveting action to remind you that this episode is sponsored by the CSB Holy Land Illustrated Bible. The CSB Holy Land Illustrated Bible is a visually immersive reading experience featuring over 1,100 images, maps, and illustrations to provide a greater insight and understanding of the people, the places, and the things of Scripture. Uh, Book-specific introductions provide the setting and circumstances of writing for each book, and every image includes a descriptive caption to help the reader better understand what is pictured. Also included are over 275 full-length commentary articles, over 40 digging deeper call-outs, which are placed strategically throughout the Bible for further exploration. So if you are interested in picking one of these up, we have a copy. It is awesome. Highly recommend. Go over to csbholylandillustratedbible.com. Yeah, yeah, amen. So with that, I mean, it it kind of begs the question because beg what, the question. what happens is beg that question. So here's the thing. We just listed off a bunch of things. Al, Greg Allison listed off. I don't want to take credit for that. We made him up. Um, he he uh, asked us and yeah. I just sent him a quick email. Exactly. I, I, I sent that in the text. So you might be emailing him. I'm texting him. Um, well, he called. I said, I don't have time. I don't have time for you to take this call right now. Okay. Exactly. He Marco pulled yeah. me. So anyways. <laughs> Yeah. And she showed up so on my doorstep, but I said, listen, I can't, please, like, listen, I got family stuff going on. I, I got to watch an episode of a TV show. Can you, can you yeah, tweet exactly. us another time? And so he got in his car, drove back down to Louisville. And I said, I'll, so, I said, yeah. I'll email you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what a man. What a man. Uh, so as we as individuals grow in our purity mm -hmm. and our sanctification, um, by God's grace, as individual members of the body do that it's going to lead to the church corporately yeah. doing that now there there are always going to be churches that are more or less pure mm -hmm. and so allison has a helpful diagram which i'm going to put up to the camera here but essentially um it shows on one side it shows false churches mm -hmm. and then there's a line down the middle and on the other side are true churches and then within the true church side um, there's a uh, kind of a spectrum of less pure to more to more pure. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question, Rob, and this is gonna be a hard question to answer. Oh boy, thanks, man. 
Can you give us an example of the churches that would fall on the left side of that false churches? Oh yeah, that I appreciate you. That's the easy part of the like question. It's... The hard part's coming oh, okay. next. Dang it! Dang it! I was like, that's not hard. <laughs> um, churches that would deny the gospel. Okay. Um, so some of the close-handed things we've talked about theological triage. Yeah. Um, some of those churches that are um, denying those first-tier things: the divinity of Christ, mm-hmm. um, the fact that Christ is man, um, the exclusivity of Christ, that Christ is the only way, um, the way in which we acquire salvation. Is it through uh, faith alone or is it faith plus? So some of those things, if, if they were to go a, a, away from some of the orthodox beliefs of church history, saying that, no, Christ is fully man, fully God, Christ is the only way, it's through his work, and then our faith in that work, it's, it's not by any works that we have done, uh, but by faith alone, if they go away from those things, and there's some other things, so like the Trinity, for instance, would be another thing. If someone denies the Trinity, then they're denying the faith. Um, but if they go away from those things, then they would be in the camp of false church. So in the in the other side of between less pure and more pure, what would be um, some ch- what would be some churches? And, I, and I'm not saying like denominations. I'm not saying <laughs> list out churches, but characteristics <laughs> yeah. of churches. Yeah. Who are, um, yeah, just less pure and yeah. more pure, and 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 that's um that's a uh, subjective question, but we think we can draw some parallels from scripture to back up. I'm assuming your answers. Yeah. yeah. Um. So so something, and this is just a conversation I had with with a friend. Um. Shout out to Trent Jones, but he he essentially said that in Columbus, um, what we see is a lot of gospel affirming churches mm-hmm. where if you said this is the gospel um that we're separated from god um, god in his loving kindness and grace has sent his son to live a perfect life so that anyone um who would believe on him would acquire his righteousness mm-hmm. and their sin would be paid for through his death burial and resurrection um and then there are plenty of churches that would hear that and they'd say yes that's the gospel praise god mm-hmm. they're a gospel affirming church um and then he said there's there's a lot of gospel affirming churches in columbus there are not a lot of gospel centered churches where week in week out um the the members of the church are being reminded of the gospel Mm -hmm. where the entire service is set up similar to the gospel message Mm -hmm. and is is oriented around that gospel message um to where any given Sunday you go in, you will hear the gospel. Yeah. Um, and you may even see symbolically what mm-hmm. the gospel is through the Lord's Supper or baptism. And so I think that is a helpful distinction of more pure or less pure. A more pure church is going to be gospel-centered, mm-hmm. where week in, week out, the members are being reminded of the gospel because we can never outgrow the gospel. It's not the initial introductory, now you're a Christian, now here are the more other things that you need to dive into. No, we always need to be brought back to the gospel, whereas a gospel-affirming churches, you may hear the gospel a few times a year, but the other Sundays, it's more about maybe a hobby horse or this is why we don't do fill-in-the-blank. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that you don't preach application. We absolutely say preach application, but it's got to be tethered right. to the gospel. That's good. Yeah, I think it's it's a hard thing to judge because in our own lives, and so 
therefore, in the church, um, unity or sorry, purity is really connected a lot to obedience from the heart. Mm. And you can, I think about congregations where it's full of, you know, just really seasoned saints who have been in the church for years. And those people can be very holy because they've just been obedient in a very long, for a long time, in the same direction. And, um, and it might feel boring. It might feel kind of dry, but there could, there can be a great holiness there, uh, purity, because they're obedient. And there could be uh, churches that have full, very dry and feels like boring. And people are kind of just there. And, and they're not like, you know, doing crazy sinful things, but there's not obedience from the heart. It's a cultural thing. And so we would say there's, it looks like, you know, nice people and clean and all that stuff, but is it really pure because it's obedient from the heart? So hmm. I think it's just helpful. Yeah. And, and it should be encouraging and convicting in our, in our own lives because we are part of the church. And so we're striving, as I'm striving for holiness in my life, that then is propelling the church in a, to strive for holiness in itself. Yeah. 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 Amen. Um, so as we, as we kind of talk about the more, promotion. more, I keep, I keep saying mirror, the more pure. <laughs> mirror. If you're mirror pure. <laughs> just put those, yeah, just put those two words together. The mirror churches. <laughs> um, the more pure we're churches and the less church, pure churches. Church denomination. Mirror. Called mirror. That's mirror. right. Um, so the, it, it almost like you almost wonder okay so if i if i'm listening to this mm-hmm. and i find myself recognizing that i may be in a less pure church mm. um greg allison helpfully lays out he's got a great great quote here on um on how to kind of respond to that and so he says this means that christians have no obligation to seek the purest church they can find and stay there he says they have no obligation to do that. Um, and then leave if an even purer church comes to their attention. So he's saying Christians don't have the obligation to just constantly be on the hunt for the most pure church. And then if another one shows up, then run to that one. He says, no, rather, they should find a true church in which they can have, and he lists two things here, in which they can have effective ministry and in which they will be, they will experience Christian growth as well, and then should stay there and minister continually, working for the purity of that church. So he lists the two things. He said, not only one, should you be able to have an effective ministry there, um, but also you should, it should be a place where you are growing as a disciple as well. So a place where you can make disciples, Mm -hmm. but then also you are able to be discipled. Mm -hmm. So if, if you find yourself at a church just because you have a platform there, you're, you're able to serve there, um, but you don't find that you're um, being discipled to grow as a disciple, mm-hmm. then by you staying there and saying, well, I've got a lot to give to this church, in a way, you are, you are serving out of pride, saying, I have more to give than they have to give to me, and I'm spiritual enough to where that's okay. I can handle it. Um, I don't need to grow anymore as a disciple. I just need to disciple other people and that's not healthy. So not only should you be able to have an effective ministry where you are able to make disciples, but you yourself should also be Mm -hmm. able to be discipled and grow in your Christian maturity as well. And that's a good word. And that's hard. That takes work. It takes like sacrifice to be there and to be committed to those people um, in the midst of hard situations or hard. um, Yeah. Maybe it's not 
the church isn't structured the way you would want it to be. Um, the exact way things are is are not the way you want them, but you're still pouring in and you're seeking to be poured into. So that's good. Yep. Yep. So so let's say let let's us say, say then you're still thinking, okay, I'm I'm now really wondering if I should leave my church. And as a church planter, Rick and myself <laughs> check out our website. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah, exactly. I could I can attest that. Um, I would I would strongly encourage you just to go slow with that. Yeah. Um, as a as a church planter, every person that's there on Sunday morning mm-hmm. feels so weighty, yeah. and it's such an encouragement to see brothers and sisters gather, and it's so painful even as early as we are to to see those who have said, um, you know what, thanks but no thanks, I'm out. Um, and, and that that's just the nature of it. Like I'm. Well, also people want to jump in on the thing that's new. Like, oh, this is exciting. Yeah. You know. That's true. That's true. And so I've, I've tried to be careful and Rick, I know you've done the same thing. Um, just to, to ask people, what's your church background? Um, is, is this the right place for you? And on our membership form, there's a question about like, Hey, does your previous church know that you are, are leaving? Are you leaving on good terms? Mm -hmm. Is this something that needs to be addressed with your previous church? Because what we don't want to do, I tried to send out an email to fellow pastors in the area to let them know that we are not here to steal sheep. Like that's not something that we want to do. I never got that email. Um, I don't know. You're not in our area. I mean, what's your area? Where's the boundaries? <laughs> uh, well, really, just basically Westerville and Mount Vernon. So, uh, so we're yeah. going hard after those territories. <laughs> exactly. I basically I know neighboring. a few people who drive to Westerville, Columbus, to go to church. I don't really? know a soul who goes from Westerville or Columbus to Mount Vernon to go to church. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody. I can't say that I do either. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you are thinking about it, there's a good church uh, in West, or sorry, in in Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon. <laughs> yeah. The proclamation. Ooh. I was trying to dote on you. Yeah. And I said Westerville. Yeah, that's how you're doing it. Yeah, I, I know. Anyways, anyways. So if you are at the point where you're like, okay, I'm thinking about maybe, maybe I should join another church. Mm-hmm. Allison provides four questions. Alice. should encourage you guys to to consider. Um, you never want to leave churches quickly. It's just not healthy. Um, now, if it's a false church, then get out of there quickly. <laughs> get out. <laughs> Would encourage that. <laughs> but if you find yourself in a less pure church yeah. and you're like, I, I really think I should go to a, a more, a mere, there it is again, yeah. a more pure church. Um, a more, just say then, more purer. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, then these are four questions to help. And Rick, do you see these questions on, on 167? Is that by 161? Uh, no, it's actually by 166, it, yeah. but if you get to 168, you. you've gone, you've you've gone, gone too, far. too far. Turn around. Yeah. And back. Turn back. <laughs> yep. Do you see those? Yes, I do. Okay, sweet. Let's go every other. You can do the first one. Okay. That way I'm not talking too much here. Um, so the first question, you know, you're trying to decide is have, have I, or have you expanded all of the opportunities to affect change in the church? You know, so have you talked with the leadership? Have you, um, talked with some of your other friends who, I mean gossiping. I mean, like, just had conversations. Have you addressed maybe a, if the church? If the church has more hierarchy, like a district level or um, regional elders, something like that. Have you talked with them. Have you expanded all your options to affect or bring about change? And if the answer is yes, I've tried those things. Well, then that might be an indicator that you are free to move on. If you're like, no, nah, I haven't really talked with anyone. That's not a conversation. I don't want to do that. I'm just going to leave. Well, maybe you should stay. Press in a little bit more. Yep. Yep. Second question, will continued participation in this church exert a negative impact on my relationship 
on my relationship with and worship of God, my ministry for Jesus Christ, the use of my spiritual gifts, etc. So if if you are if the option is to continue in your participation mm-hmm. in this church, will it negatively impact your relationship with the Lord, your ability to make disciples and be discipled? Yeah, and that's a tricky one because uh, you know people can look at that and you can say, oh yeah, it's being, I'm being hindered. I'm not you know, and that could be a reality. Like they're not you know they're not preaching the word well. They're not handling the scriptures well. But you do have to use a good bit of discernment there. You can't just say, yeah, I'm not growing, so I'm moving on. Um, are you yeah. not growing because because you don't want to? Because you're not asking? Are, are you submitting to your leaders? Are you seeking to be obedient to what they're calling you to, or have you already kind of checked out? And so you're just using that as a kind of like a, a you're blaming everything, and you're kind of hanging your your decision on on that. Um, but at the same yeah. time, and, if you're not, if you're genuinely, if it's like killing your desire for Jesus and all those things, um, then yeah, maybe you need to go elsewhere. Yeah, and 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 with all these questions. What I'm about to say is true, but especially with this question, mm-hmm. um, you just need to be very honest with yourself. Yeah, because because you can you can make all kinds of reasons like yeah, this is going to negatively impact my relationship with and my worship of God. This is going to negatively impact my ministry for Jesus. This is going to negatively impact the use of my spiritual gifts. And and I would encourage you that with all of these, be honest. But especially with that one, because that one there's some low hanging fruit where you could say like, oh yeah, I can connect the dots here and here. And if you take those to the logical conclusion, then yep, it does actually negatively impact my ministry. And, and I would encourage, I would encourage you to, to not go too quickly, but to be very honest with those things. And, and how, like a little bit of, you know, encouragement for someone who's trying to figure that out. Like, how do you, how do you go slow and, you know, figure that out? Yep. That makes sense. Yep. I think that's good. Yeah. So, and and the next question, um, you know, do I have to compromise too much? And we, you know, this is like a big one, like essential doctrines. And you have to understand what essential doctrines are. But do I have to compromise too much? Essential doctrines and practices, a lifestyle in accordance with biblical values and principles, in order to main to remain in the in this church. So, like we're talking about a little bit. Rob used the word theological triage. Like if there's essential doctrines that are being violated, or practices of the church that go against scripture absolutely like there's no in my mind i can't think of a situation where it's like yeah we we deny the trinity but i'm still going to stick around and try to do my best like if that's the church's stance you you probably just need to find another church i would say that's hmm. probably isn't a church then <laughs> yeah you know yeah exactly um, so. and that's the thing if if it is if if the quote-unquote church that you're part of um is in fact a false church mm-hmm then the reason we say get out of there quickly is because you may not be obedient by gathering with those people because it's not the church. Yeah. And so you want to get out because you want to be obedient and, and gather with a church that affirms the gospel. Yeah. So um, fourth one, and this is the, the final one that Greg Allison provides. Do I have a legitimate reason for leaving? Mm-hmm. Do I have a legitimate reason for leaving? And, and again, that, that's going to be kind of a judgment call. Yeah. Um, but, but be very honest and say, is this legitimate? If I were to tell, if I were to say this to three other mature believers, would they nod along mm-hmm. and say, yes, this is legitimate. You need to, you need to move on. Yeah, I'd say it. So that's why I'm leaving. Yeah. So nice job, <laughs> Citizens Church. I enjoyed it, but I'm out of here. Yep. No, Looks I, like I'm gonna go plant my own thing. That, yeah, that's that's what a lot of people that's do. It. That, well, that is what I a lot mean, of people do. So that that's one of the things that um, 
to, as I was just reading in the church planting, like the thing that kept being hammered, hammered home mm-hmm. is one, don't plant a church because you're upset at your previous church. And two, yeah. don't plant a church without another, another church sending you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, that's, it doesn't always work out that way, but that that yeah. is what we really strive for. Um, because yeah. it's, it is a local church saying, we fee- we as a group of Christians at the local church feel a burden for a, a new church in this area for believers, yep. and so we are yep. gonna we're gonna equip and we're gonna send and we're gonna see multiplication, um, and it's it's hard, but yeah, you definitely see the ones who are like we're leaving and we're starting our own thing because we don't like your thing, and they get into mm-hmm. it and they realize like they don't even like their own thing now and all you know it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's, it can get messy. So I think the question you know is is there a legitimate reason? And, and there could be a hundred legitimate reasons uh you know issues of immorality issues of uh you know leadership stuff that we talked about personal just personal issues that that you have really tried to work through like you've genuinely sought the lord and you've forgiven and you've tried to um, bring unity with that person again and, and it just didn't it just wasn't like it wasn't reciprocated and so sometimes yeah. it's, it's best. And, and just remember, the Lord does not call everyone to the same churches. Like that's that's the beauty yeah. of a lot of different kinds of churches is like the Lord is working and he's He's doing that, you know? So. Yep. Okay. So we are, we're like over 35 minutes Ooh. into this thing. So let's wrap this and then we can do another episode on the unity on a, of the, the unity. church. But guys, if you, um, if you want to jump into the conversation, head over to our website, simpletheology.org. You can... Um, Email us at info at Simple Theology. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Simple Theology. Find us on Instagram at, at Simple Theology Pod. Um, I need to post a picture on Instagram for the for the. Yeah, account. that'd be good, man. I'm, I'm bad that. at it. I, need to I, I, I run the Instagram for our church. I run the Instagram for this. You help with the Instagram with this as well, but man, I'm I've, bad at I've done one thing, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm so bad at Instagram. But anyways, um, really appreciate you guys. For those who have who have supported on Patreon yes. and buy me a coffee, it means a ton. Seriously, thank you. Um, we are trying to to get back a little bit more with this Zoom episode of us on here, and hopefully we'll try to do a little bit more giveaways, things like that as well. So appreciate it. Absolutely. Love y'all. Thank you all. Peace. Peace.